Episode 49, Instruct Your Children in the Great Matters of Salvation. Welcome to the Principles and Practice Podcast. This is where we discuss biblical principles for life and learning. I'm your host, Heather Hall, and this is my co-host, Brian Hall. Welcome to the podcast today, everybody. It has been a few weeks since we have done a podcast. Mm -hmm. We've just been busy with family life lately. Our son got married Mm-hmm. It was a very beautiful wedding. We're pretty excited about it. Yep. A few changes in the household. Yeah, there have been some adjustments mm-hmm. for the family getting used to their oldest brother not being here every day and mm-hmm. happily welcoming their sister-in-law to the family. And Yeah. So, and then we're still doing baseball and softball right now. Yep. It takes a lot, of, a lot of time during the week, but it's a lot of fun, too. Yeah, despite the rain. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the beginning of the season, it was raining, and the games and practices were canceled. Mm-hmm. And where we live, we just eventually decide to roll with it because it rains a lot. So. Yeah, I had a couple soggy games. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. They enjoy it. They do. So today we're talking about instructing our children in the great matters of salvation. And we're going to take a moment to define the word instruct. Now the verb transitive is from the Latin instruo, instructum, in and struo, to set or to put on, to furnish. The Latin struo is contracted from struco or strugo. And then there's a notation with a link for the online version to see destroy and then it gives the definition of destroy but it doesn't explain why or why struos would be derived from struco or strugo to destroy and i tried this researching this is why i leave saying so latin up to her <laughs> <laughs> i tried to research it a little bit and i couldn't come come across anything that explains it but it just makes me think about how it could go either way depending on what you are instructing children in you could be um you know furnishing their minds with what's good and true and filled with virtue or you could be um destroying their minds Mm. with what's being taught so that's really good thought thanks well the first entry is to teach to inform the mind to educate educate is our key word that we're going to look up to impart knowledge to one who was destitute of it. The first duty of parents is to instruct their children in the principles of religion and morality. So another way of looking at it is that we're furnishing their minds with knowledge and principles of religion and morality. The key word, as I mentioned, in instruct is educate. And we're going to look at the noun, education, instead of the word educate. Webster's 1828 defines education as the bringing up as of a child, instruction, formation of manners. Education comprehends all that series of instruction and discipline, which is intended to enlighten the understanding, correct the temper, and form the manners and habits of youth, and fit them for usefulness in their future stations. To give children a good education in manners, arts, and science is important. To give them a religious education is indispensable, and an immense responsibility rests on parents and guardians 
who neglect these duties. So our discussion today, we're focusing on Cotton Mather and his encouragement to parents to instruct their children in the great matters of salvation. So before we get started, we're going to review another definition, the definition of religion. And, uh, of course, defined by Noah Webster, because we use the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And so... That's a good idea. It'll help make sure that we're all on the same page regarding what is meant by religion. And this is kind of a review from our previous episode that we did. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the definition of religion is, in its most comprehensive sense, includes a belief in the being and perfections of God, in the revelation of his will to man, in man's obligation to obey his commands, in a state of reward and punishment, and in man's accountableness to God, and also true godliness or piety of life, with a practice of all moral duties. It therefore comprehends theology, a system of doctrines or principles, as well as practical piety for the practice of moral duties without a belief in a divine lawgiver and without reference to his will or commands is not religion. Now, on to what uh, Cotton says. He says, This is indeed an instruction in civil matters, which we owe to our children. It is very pleasing to our Lord Jesus Christ that our children should be well informed with and well informed in the rules of civility and not be left as clownish, sottish, and ill-bred sorts of creatures. Ooh, there's a vocabulary word, sottish. What does that one mean? Well, I haven't had that right here in my notes. You're so prepared. <laughs> uh, according to Webster's 1828, sottish means dull, stupid, senseless, doltish, very foolish. And it gives an example sentence of how ignorant are sottish pretenders to astrology. And uh, definition number two is dull with intemperance hmm okay thanks carry on then please okay so an unmannerly brood is a dishonor to religion so basically our example as christians um there are many points of a good education that we should bestow upon our children they should read write cipher and be put into some agreeable callings and not only our sons but our daughters also should be taught such things as will later make them useful in their places. There is little foundation of religion laid in such an education. That reflects part of Webster's definition right there. But Cotton Mather continues to address the more internal qualities regarding instruction. He states, But besides and beyond all this, there is an instruction in divine matters which our children are to be made partakers of. Parents, instruct your children in the articles of religion, and acquaint them with God, Christ, the mysteries of the gospel, and the doctrine and methods of the great salvation. It was so required in Psalm 78, 5-7. He commanded our fathers to make known to their children that the generation to come might know who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and keep his commandments. It was required in Ephesians 6-4. Fathers, bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Would you have your children to be wise and good? I do not know why you should expect it unless you take an abundance of pains by your instruction to make them so. That being said, the father's role is very important. In Proverbs 4, 3, and 4, it says, I was my father's son, and he taught me. It's true. 
It's true. Statistics show that 3.5% of a family gets saved if a child in the family comes to salvation through Jesus Christ first, whereas 17% of the family gets saved if the wife comes to salvation through Jesus Christ first. But 93% of a family gets saved if the husband is saved first. The husband's The fathers have such a positive influence in the lives of their families. Their leadership is so important. Yes, we need to begin early with our children and tell them about who their maker is, who their savior is, and what they are, and why they need Jesus Christ as their savior, and the consequences of sin. We need to have them learn their catechism and what each point clearly means and what God's word clearly means. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the valuable aspects of homeschooling is that it's parenting uninterrupted. Because of the homeschool lifestyle, we're really able to tend to our children and help to oversee their influences and be the ones to help them grow in healthy relationships. And really, we're able to apply Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, which says, The words which I command thee, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou rise up. And I know from uh, your experience with homeschooling, that happens all the time. They're always around. They're yeah. available for instruction. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> On that note, uh, so Cotton Mather states, um, How often in a week do we divert ourselves with our children in our houses? There they stand before us. There is nothing to hinder our saying some very profitable things for them to think upon. Can you let fall nothing upon them that is worth their while to think upon? What? Nothing of God, of Christ, of another world, of their own souls, of the sins that may endanger them, and of the ways which they may take to be happy. Doubtless you may say something. You know, I think about this a lot lately because... Even when I'm feeling really tired, because, you know, there are just those days where you feel really tired. Mm -hmm. And the children are wanting to come sit down and talk. Or they're wanting you to play and give give them your full attention um, instead of turning to something else to busy them with. It's it's all really important to be able to sit down and have those moments because they are wanting that time with us mm-hmm. and um it you know it doesn't matter how tired we are we should take it every opportunity that we can mm-hmm. to spend that kind of time and have those conversations with them mm-hmm. so our words do carry a lot of weight with our children and prayerfully each of us will take great care with them and the time we have with them so that profitable instruction we give them remains with them after we've passed away and we mothers have an important role as well Proverbs 14.1 teaches us, Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. With that, we'll leave you with two more verses from Scripture to encourage you in the instruction of your children in the, in the great matters of salvation. Uh, Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And uh, also Proverbs 17.25, A foolish son is a grief to his father, and a bitterness to her that bear him. Well, that's it for today's topic. Mm-hmm. 
So we appreciate you guys listening and we hope that it encourages you and gives you kind of a second wind because especially with all that's going on around us, you know, we really need to be discipling our children and keeping that a primary focus, not letting anything distract us from it. Mm -hmm. And no matter how busy your life is, there's always time to talk to your child about Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. Might have to reprioritize some things in mm-hmm. the schedule, but there's nothing more important. Mm-hmm. So, and also we have a surprise that we are working on with some other master teachers that we think is really going to be a blessing to you. And we'll be announcing that before too long. Mm-hmm. And um, also there are some special guests that are involved with it too. So, we're pretty excited about it, really thankful for it. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, hope to talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. As always, if you're looking for additional resources or support, you can visit our website at principalacademy.com, check out our shop and our blog, and you can also find us on Facebook at Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles, also on Instagram under Principal Academy. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, this is Heather Hall. And this is Brian Hall. For Christ and His Glory.